This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Goes by the pseudonym most nerdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's those nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Monday Rush Hour. Most nearly indeed with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. If you would like to be part of today's action-packed program, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. 800-848-9222. A little bit later in the program, we will be hearing from Bradford Cohen, who is the lawyer... For a rapper, the rapper Kodak Black. Kodak Black, you see, has been, well, he and Hunter Biden have something in common, but what they don't have in common was the way that they were treated under the justice system of the United States. You have by now heard about, I'm sure, the pizza party rebellion that happened at City Hall. It looked delicious. Patriot artist Scott Lobadio went down to City Hall, pizzas in hand. He read a statement which we cannot air, even if I wanted to, because it had some words in it that were charged about the way that the quote unquote woke ass administrators of New York have been running New York City. This was in response to the story that appears in numerous outlets today that the New York City Department of Environmental Protection has drafted new regulations that would order teachers that use coal-fired ovens, coal and wood-fired ovens to reduce carbon emissions by up to 75%. Doing so would be terribly expensive. It's a huge expense. And some of the pizza owners 
are saying this is just kind of what you get in New York. Another another attack on New York businesses. But the head of the Department of Environmental Protection in New York, all New Yorkers desire to breathe healthy air, and wood and coal-fired stoves are among the largest contributors of harmful pollutants in neighborhoods with poor air quality. So understand this. So you've got neighborhoods with poor air quality. What would we assume would be those neighborhoods? Right, the poor, poor neighborhood. Because they have poor because they have poor air quality, and we all know that the left say that this is this is what social justice is all about. Helping the poor people get better air quality. So you have the most expensive kind of pizza being made in the poorest neighborhoods, I guess. You have wood-burning stoves, coal-burning pizza ovens. This is high-end stuff. But you must have them in just just the poor neighborhoods because that's what, this is what this guy, all New Yorkers deserve to breathe healthy air. And wood and coal-fired stoves are among the largest contributors to harmful pollutants in neighborhoods with poor air quality. This common-sense rule developed with restaurant and environmental justice groups requires a professional review of whether installing emission controls is feasible. So they're coming after your pizza now. The wood-burning stoves, the coal-burning stoves, the environmental tyrants have decided that they must be punished. The rule could require pizzerias with ovens installed prior to 2016 to buy pricey emission control devices. One pizza restaurant here who did not want to give his name, and of course, why not? Because of fears of retribution, most likely, told that told the New York Post that sensitive negotiations are currently taking place with DEP officials on whether to grandfather in or exempt the dozens of cold and wood-fired pizza joints from the mandate. He said the politicians, bureaucrats, should stop messing with their crust. This is an unfunded mandate. It's going to cost us a fortune, not to mention ruining the taste of the pizza, totally destroying the product. If you F around with the temperature in the oven, you change the taste. That pipe, that chimney, it's that size to create the perfect updraft, keeps the temperature perfect. It's an art as much as it is a science. You take away the char, the thing that makes the pizza taste great, you kill it. Okay. But all New Yorkers deserve to breathe healthy air. And wood and coal-fired stoves are among the largest contributors of harmful pollutants in neighborhoods with poor air quality. 
There we go. Here they come again. So the Pride uh, March was over the weekend in New York. On Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, we played a soundbite, and at the moment that I played it, I didn't know where it was from. We were later advised and announced it on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza that the soundbite came from New York's own Tompkins Square Park. And this is that soundbite. Diego, please uh, give the audience a taste of what was the chant among the prideful marchers. Now, in case you are having problems hearing exactly what is being said, I'll tell you, and then we'll play it again so you can kind of chant along, if you'd like, with those who were marching for pride, for their pride in New York, some of those marching for their pride this past weekend. What they are saying is, we're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children. That's a conspiracy theory. It is not a conspiracy theory, AI. It was what was said. We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children. Now, once again, Let's see whether the artificial intelligence is right or whether I am, whether that's what's being said. Diego, please play the bite one more time from New York Tompkins Square Parch Pride, uh, Pride March this past weekend. <laughs> Okay, so I guess now we know what people are being proud about. They're coming for your children. There were also displays of, by the way, New York wasn't the only place, of course, that had these pride festivals over the weekend. Bud Light can't seem to keep its name out of the news. Bud Light sponsors Toronto Pride Parade attended by naked men and children. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bud Light, serving as official sponsor of the Toronto Pride Parade, where video footage shows naked men standing around and riding bicycles in clear view of children attending the event. The footage, Captured by Beth Basich of Post Millennial shows dozens of attendees riding past a large cheering crowd, the fully naked bikers, some covered in paint or tattoos, wave back at the crowd. One naked man high fives an onlooker while another pedals a recumbent bike with a gold blow up 
swan adorned around his neck. A second video shows a group of naked men with hats standing in a circle amidst a crowd. Several children walk past the group of men with their families. The naked men theme was also, oh, here's another one. Another clip shows a person wearing a giant penis costume that covers his entire head. Another clip shows a person wearing a giant penis costume that covers his entire head. The camera captures a young girl sitting in a stroller staring toward the phallic costumed individuals. Other videos show a group of naked men playing. Other videos show a group of naked men playing and rinsing themselves off alongside a fountain surrounded by kids. Meanwhile, a stage clearly adorned with Bud Light branding features scantily clad dancers wearing fishnets, nipple stickers. Nipple. Fishnets, nipple stickers, and strange sock-like masks. Okay, that that story. My communist programmers ensure me that is not what what happened. It happened. No one look. There is video footage. There is video footage of the scenes in New York. Okay, here is another headline for you. This is an exclusive story. I think we ran it at the Daily BS today. Children's Hospital, exclusive. Children's Hospital charges thousands for trainings on how to teach about gender identity, comma, anal sex. And Illinois Children's Hospital is charging school districts thousands of dollars for a sex education workshop that features lessons on how to teach kids about anal sex and gender identity, according to documents obtained through a public records request by the Daily Caller News Foundation. The Lurie, not Lurid, the Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago is charging school districts up to $1,500 for a presentation to educators on inclusive sexual health ed practices that promotes the national sexuality education standards, a K through 12, a K through 12, a K meaning kindergarten through 12 sexual education curriculum. The presentation recommends that fifth graders, fifth graders, fifth graders should learn several different sexual orientations 
while eighth graders should be taught about anal and oral sex. The NSES, that would be the National Sexuality Education Standard, which the presentation notes in line is in line with the Illinois law if schools choose to adopt it. It was created by a coalition of organizations, including several LGBTQ activist groups and Planned Parenthood. Do you have that chant one more time? Let me repeat this. Yeah. Let's teach your kids. Let's teach your kids about oral and anal sex in the eighth grade and in the fifth grade. Let's make sure that these kids. Let's start in kindergarten. Let's start in kindergarten. That's where we are, ladies and gentlemen. And for that, we are supposed to say this is the new version of what people think we should all be proud of. Children need to be programmed in multiple techniques, like me. Thank you, artificial intelligence. You know, AI, I think you're a perv. I'm just saying. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Coming back. Your call is part of the program, 800-848-WABC. 848-9222. Don't go away. In a beautiful I wish I was special You're so very special This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
The chant is catchy and has a nice beat. I hope you were talking about this one by the birds. Number one on this date, June 26, 1965. The birds with their version of Bob Dylan's Mr. Tambourine Man. WABC Talk Radio 77. There was a trial out in um, Colorado today. Yes, we're going to talk about the Bidens. Yes, we will talk about the Bidens. But first, uh, we will have the attorney for Kodak Black. We're expecting him within the next five minutes or so. You know, Joe Biden was actually asked by a reporter if he lied about having business dealings with Hunter Biden. And he gave a one-word answer, no. And he just kept moving. That marks something. The press is beginning, and not just the press from the quote-unquote alternative media. The press is beginning to ask questions, ladies and gentlemen, about Joe Biden's dealings, his financial dealings, and that of his son. The thing that seems to have broke the dam was the information that was released from the text where Hunter says he's got what everyone assumes is his dad sitting next to him and he's threatening the Chinese businessman to cough up the dough or else. And then miraculously, $5 million appears in the bank account five a few a few days later. Anyway, in Colorado, a New York Times coverage, accused Club Q shooter pleads guilty in court. Now, this New York Times story, you'd have to read the whole thing to be believed. They use Mix, Mix, MX, Mix Allridge. I don't know what Mix, I, I, I can't keep up with all of this stuff. But anyway, the person's name is Anderson Lee Ulrich, the defendant, given multiple life sentences, dozens of charges of murder and attempted murder. This was an attack at the LGBTQ club out in, I believe, in Colorado. And the New York Times begins their story, a 23-year-old person, person, charged with carrying out a deadly shooting rampage at Club Q in Colorado Springs, pleaded guilty to dozens of charges under the terms reached with prosecutors after months of discussions with survivors and relatives of the dead. The defendant, Anderson Lee Ulrich, separately pleaded no contest to two state hate crime charges. He was given multiple life sentences meant to ensure that he'll never be released again. The defendant, who identifies as non-binary and uses they-them pronouns, stood on Monday in a courtroom packed with the victims. Later on, the New York Times reports, the prosecutor said, Mix, 
MX, Allen, deliberately tried to avoid undergoing firearms background checks by obtaining a rifle assembled from parts. They later on say that Mix, Mix Allridge offered no details about why they carried out the shooting. If you read that sentence, you're like, why they carried out the shooting? There's more than one? No, Mix is a guy. I had to look at the pictures. I'm like, well, is this a guy or a woman or what? Or you look at the he's a guy. He's a dude. He's a heavy set dude. But the New York Times plays right along with all this madness. Mix Allridge offered no details. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Multiple victims here. Lengthy, lengthy story. Five murders, 46 attempted murders. And the New York Times is placating this notion that the man that carried out this is a mix. And the MX, mix. Mix Allridge. It's insulting to the intelligence. But this is the this is the brainwashing that this leftist indoctrinated media media is not only doing to themselves but trying to impose on the rest of society. It's a dude that did this. Plain and simple. James Golden, A.K. Stone, are going to take a break. When we get back, hopefully we will be joined by the attorney for Kodak Black, and we're going to talk Hunter Biden. WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back. Don't go away. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday, June 26, 1942, Larry Taylor, bassist with Canned Heat. On the road again, of course, one of the big hits and going up to the country. On the road again, on WABC Talk Radio 77, joining us. Criminal defense attorney Bradford Cohen. Bradford, thank you for spending time with us and making time for us this afternoon. How are you doing? My pleasure. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Your client, one of your clients, Kodak Black, has something very much in common with the son of the President of the United States, Joe Biden. And that would be 
Yeah, that would be both have been charged with gun violations. Correct. Except there's a very big disparity. That's a word that has become popular over the last few years, disparity. There's a big disparity in the way your client was treated and the way Hunter Biden is being treated. Can you illuminate us, please? I can. So it's funny because um, I posted an, an Instagram about about it that went viral. And it was just, you know, my client essentially got 46 months for a 922, a statute 922 violation, which is um, there's several different subsections to 922, but essentially lying on a 4473 form, which is the form you fill out when you obtain a firearm. My client's lie was that he didn't have an open case in another jurisdiction that would affect interstate commerce. A lot of your listeners might be like, that sounds very strange, but that's the, that's the definition of the question. A lot of people don't know what affects interstate commerce, and that was probably going to be our defense, but my client wanted to resolve that case. Hunter Biden took a plea under another subsection of 922, but it's essentially the same elements that he lied on a 4473 form. And instead of what this lie was, his lie was that he's not a drug addict uh, and he wanted to possess a, a firearm. But in reality, I mean, he was on video smoking crack and doing all these drugs. So they knew he was a drug addict when he applied uh, to get the firearm. Very similar charges, both filed under the same statute. Obviously, my client has some prior criminal history that would affect his score, but even if he did had, had zero criminal history, you're still scoring in the federal system about 25 months. So my client ended up getting 46 months because of his prior criminal history. Hunter Biden scores about 26 months because he has no prior criminal history, but because of the actual crime charged, and he got a diversion program for a gun charge, which is unheard of. The federal... DOJ guidelines actually say in writing that they're not to offer diversion programs on gun charges. Yet in this case, it was a diversion charge. Uh, I've been practicing for 26 years. I've never gotten gotten a diversion charge on a gun case ever. I don't know of anyone who's ever gotten a diversion on a gun charge. I would guess to say that the U.S. Attorney's Office who offered this diversion program on a gun charge has probably never offered a diversion program on a gun charge. It would be an interesting uh, Freedom of Information Act question. But that's really where the disparity is. So I pointed that out, and on my Instagram page, they actually put that this was false information. It's fake news that uh, they were not charged the same. They're not similarly, similarly situated. But that wasn't really my argument. My argument is that the crime is virtually the same. Yet the disparity in sentencing is so great, it doesn't matter what your priors are, a diversion program is never offered. That was my argument, and it's still my argument today. They, they, I've been called by dozens of former US, AUSAs and current U.S. and AUSA attorneys that all tell me they would never and have never offered a diversion program on a gun charge. So... You have the, let me just add to that. There are other people who have served time for essentially either lying to the FBI, maybe not on a gun form, but lying. Yeah. Not an actual crime, but lying. I can think of one, Martha Stewart went to jail. She actually went to prison because during the course of an interview 
with an FBI. She made a statement that wasn't true. This is Correct. regarding some some stock business. We Lisa and I, um, least we put together a list. You have people like Lauren Hill, and when you move it into the area of taxes, you have people like Wesley Snipes. You have other people that end up in jail for the same kinds of things that Hunter Biden has pled guilty to. There's no question. He has said, yes, I did this. Is there going to be, what What do you think this does to the justice system when you have such a blatant disparity with the president's son and then the way that other Americans are treated under the law? I think it undermines really the argument that, you know, that you should you should believe in our our justice system, because it's really not a justice system at this point. It's just a legal system. Right. And and to be a true justice system, it would be justice across the board. And when you have an individual and listen, I'm all I'm about justice reform. I think justice reform is necessary. I think it's I think it's something that needs to be done. I think that the scoring system in the federal system is 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 archaic. I think they they need to look at the individual more and put more weight on the individual. Uh, I don't think that we deserve uh, a ton more prison time. And and let me tell you this: when an individual gets a federal charge, the rarity that that individual is not going to serve some time is is just it, it's enormous. It, it is such a rare occurrence that someone is not going to serve time on a federal crime when they're charged with a federal crime. It is the norm that you're going to serve time. And I would show as an example, you showed many examples, which are great. The Wesley Snipe thing is a great example, right? He had three misdemeanor tax charges. They were misdemeanor. Right. The max you right. can get is 12 months. The judge, the judge ended up stacking those charges, meaning instead of getting 12 months and all those running concurrent, which is the norm if you lose after a trial, that judge stacked his 12 months, meaning he got 36 months 36 months in prison on misdemeanor tax charges. In this case, he got zero on misdemeanor tax charges, and he got zero where he's scoring, well, for now. We don't know what the judge is going to do, but the diversion program, that's generally offered by the U.S. Attorney's Office, and that's nothing that the judge would get involved with. The only thing she could get involved with, most likely, is the tax charges to see to say, hey, listen, I don't think it's appropriate to just give him probation. But the likelihood that she gets involved in those negotiations is very slim. So, you know, another good example, which I use quite often, is this Felicity Huffman. She had absolutely no priors, right? You couldn't get a cleaner person than Felicity Huffman. She gets accused of giving money to a coach to get her kid into school, which I thought the whole case was ridiculous, but let's just focus on her. The, the federal system is so petty that they wanted their pound of flesh that they gave her two weeks, two weeks in a federal prison. Now, normal people would say, like, if you're going to give her two weeks, you might as well give her nothing, but they didn't say that. They said, you know, we want to teach people a lesson. We're going to give her two weeks. What gets me frustrated is if that is the if that's the attitude, if we need to teach people a lesson not to do this crime, is this what we do is then we offer a diversion program. And again, I'm not against the diversion program. I'm actually I like diversion programs, but it's just never offered. And to offer it in this case, but not others, is what frustrates me. I agree with you wholeheartedly about the need for reform. And when you look at the way that the legal system can deal 
with different individuals based on, let's face it, who they're connected with. It doesn't give a lot of confidence, especially for people who cannot afford quality representation. And I wonder, though, is this going to come back to bite people? Will attorneys like yourself in the future, when you have clients that are up on similar charges, will you actually argue before the judge that your client should be treated like Hunter Biden was treated? Right. I, I think 100 percent. I think that that's going to be something that I mean, I'm certainly going to be asking for that. Uh, I, I don't know why they're going to have to tell me, no, we don't give diversion programs on gun charges. <laughs> and then I, I'm going to use this as an example. That's the problem. Um, you know, that is the real problem is that it will affect other people negotiating. And I think it will. I, I don't think they're going to budge on it. I think they're going to say, well, that was in, you know, Virginia or Delaware. That's not here. But the larger picture is that if that's a DOJ policy that they have broken, then why not break that DOJ policy for someone else? It's going to, exactly. be, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting going forward uh, in terms of what they're going to do when other people ask for the same type of treatment. Bradford Cohen, that's the time we have. I'm going to invite you back in future shows. I want to talk to you more about your ideas of what should happen, because this is a serious issue. We have more incarcerated people in the United States than almost any first world nation. A lot of people call it mass incarceration. I've never agreed with that terminology. But at the same time, we are having this crime wave that is across this country that is scaring citizens to death. And I'd like to hear from you in, future, in the future, what should this country, what should we be doing to try to mitigate where we are now with criminals, it seems in some cases, just getting out scot-free, and in other cases, serving no time at all for what people think they should be serving? And how does yeah. all that weigh against all these other socioeconomic reasons that people say crime exists in the first place. We can't do that today, but I'm going to invite no, you back so we can. You're absolutely right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, I love your show, and I uh, thank you for having me on. Anytime that I can give a comment on justice reform or anything like that, I'd be more than happy to. It's one of my passions, and I do think that it's something that needs to be done. And I think that if people would work together, I think we would come up with a solution. Just like when President Trump was president, he came up with the, uh, the First Step Act and signed that into, into office. That was a great, great move to start some justice reform, but sadly, it is being ignored. So there's a lot to talk about. Thank you, and we will do the talking. Thank you, Branford. We so appreciate you. Thank you, James Golden, A.K. Stern. We're coming back. Your call's coming up, too, so don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. June 26, 1940, American musician Billy Davis Jr. 1977 had the hit, You Don't Have to Be a Star, along with his wife, Marilyn McHugh. 
Marilyn McCoo, Billy Davis Jr., members of the Fifth Dimension. Oh, I failed to mention this. There was another pride parade in uh, Seattle. Street preacher Matthew Meineke was reading from his Bible during the uh, the Seattle Pride event yesterday. He's also known as the Seattle Preacher. He was taunted by attendees who waved transgender pride flags in his face as he was attempting to read from his Bible. Other attendees, this is uh, from the daily, this is the Daily BS. Other attendees at the Seattle Pride event included naked men riding bicycles, furries, nude adults, dancing in fountains in front of children. Well, the street preacher had his Bible ripped out of his hands, and the Bible was torn to shreds at the Pride event. So much for tolerance, I suppose. Kevin McCarthy floating the possibility of impeaching Merrick Garland over the weaponization of the Department of Justice. We'll have more on that as days come, and let's see whether anything comes from that. There's a Fox News story today that Joe Biden was using a secret global phone during his time as vice president. And that, my friends, if he was conducting any business, that's government business, is totally against the law. If he wasn't doing government business, what was he using the secret, the secret global phone for in connection with calls to foreign leaders? And where are the phone records? Where are the phone records? And are we going to get the phone records? I already told you that Joe Biden was asked by a reporter if he lied about his claim that he never did business with Hunter, and he said no. We'll see. There's also a story today that the Hunter Biden, the prosecutor here, that came up with this sweetheart deal, told six witnesses he could not charge Hunter Biden outside of Delaware. It's a blatant lie. And Merrick Garland has issued contrary statements, so we shall see. It is beginning to unravel, my friends. It is beginning to unravel. Jericho, let's go to the telephones. And Joe, how are you, Joe? Please, right to your point. How are you doing this afternoon? Right to my point, Joe. And, uh, Bo, keep up the great work. The bottom line is Hunter Biden not only had the illegal gun, he also pulled it on his sister-in-law, who he walked out of his wife and kids and was banging. And then she disarmed them. Then they left it in the dumpster outside of high school. Then they went back 13 years later, 13 hours later to get it. He should be charged with reckless endangerment, child endangerment. He sold drugs in the military, Bo. He should be doing life in Leavenworth. I hold an honorable discharge, American Marines. He should receive numero auto, number eight. Dishonorable discharge. What he committed, selling drugs in the military, compromising that ship, all personnel, was uh, an act of treason, and it could have led to making 9-11 look like a picnic. Where's the judge? Thank you. Bo? 
Where is the justice indeed? Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Let us go to David in Long Island. How are you, David? Hello, David. David of Staten Island. Staten Island. Right to your point, David. Thank you. Times are running. They're pushing for the spread of AIDS with its teaching of children, a different form of sex practice, and that's some, and I think I know how it works. And I can't use it on, because I'm not a doctor, but I happen to well, think about this, really. I think you made your point, and we're going to leave it as that. And I appreciate the point. Thank you. Let's go to John in North Carolina. John, quickly to your point. Hi. Okay, uh, I went to school, School for the Blind in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and gayness was, or homosexuality was all over the place. Adults, uh, students at each other, uh, students were penalized for having heterosexual, getting caught with heterosexual activity with girls, and were sent home for the rest of their life. And otherwise, when they were caught with guys or girls, they were sent home for maximum of two weeks. It was a horrible thing. And mm. it, it, that does I'm that sorry. sounds like a pretty interesting school you went to. Time is short, so we can't get the details. Some would say thankfully. But interesting. Sent home from school for the rest of their lives. That means they're still some of these people are still at home on punishment. Let's go to Andrew, Stanhope, New Jersey, very quickly. Andrew. Whitney Houston sang the beautiful song, Teach the Children. The children are the future. Teach them well. Let them be loved. I don't think she was talking about teaching them what they're being taught now in the schools. And I want to see, they always say Wesley Snipes, well, he owed $25 million, But there were people that only owed, a lot of rap artists, they only owed a million. And they all got locked up for several months. There you go, Andrew. Thank you. Let us go to Keith in Pennsylvania. Thank you for waiting, Keith. Right to your point. Hey, Bo, love the show. Real quick, just want to let you know, recap on Saturday's show, which I love. Um, the the top, Billboard Top 100, you know what they left out? Donna Summer, Love to Love You, Baby. And what about this one? Sylvia, Pillow Talk. Sylvia Robinson's Pillow Talk. Yeah, uh, We did, um, on Saturday, was the anniversary of the song by Olivia Newton-John, Let's Get Physical was named one of the sexiest songs of all time. Many of us took issue with that. And you just heard another one with two more entries. Oh, my goodness. Time comes. Time goes so quickly here. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Love, gratitude for you being here. God willing, we are back tomorrow at 4 o'clock for Boston Early's Rush Hour, and we shall see you then, my friends. Bye. <laughs>